You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. This is episode 128. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to set up your business across borders. My guest today is Lauren A. Cohen. She's a serial entrepreneur, international lawyer, realtor, and cross-border expert. She's originally from Toronto and now resides in South Florida. Lauren is also a best-selling author and sought-after speaker, and she launched her podcast, Investing Across Borders, in late 2020. Her superpower rests in paving a path to immigration visas through real estate and business investment, navigating the path for clients to invest, live, work, and play across borders. In this episode, we're going to talk about all the how-tos and why you should consider moving your business down to Florida, if it's even a seed in your brain, as I know it is for a lot of entrepreneurs up here in Canada, you know, we've probably spent some time looking on Realtor or Googled different destinations down in the US to see or at least fantasize about places we would want to live, especially through the cold winters here in Canada. Well, Lauren is the one to talk to to make it happen and answer those questions you might have. So without further ado, let's kick it to my chat with Lauren Cohen. Are live. You're watching the Merged Marketing Podcast. You are listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. This is episode 128, and we're talking about how to set up your business across borders. My guest today is Lauren Cohen. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Nice to be here. Took a while to get here, but here we are. It did. It did. But you finally did get here. And I, I think you are definitely an interesting guest to have on the show because <laughs> I think the topic that we're going to dive into today is something that's kind of on the minds of a lot of entrepreneurs. It's that seed that's been planted in the brain and they've been thinking about it. But we're going to actually dive into the how to's today and the why's. Sure. Um, and okay. I, I can't think of a better guest than you, Lauren. So maybe today you can start off by uh, sharing with our guests your journey in getting to where you are today. Sure, absolutely. So I'm originally from Toronto and I grew up in Thornhill, actually. And um, I moved to Florida in, well, originally I was here for a few years in the 90s and I really didn't like it. So I moved back home and I was living in Thornhill and working in Mississauga. And so, as you can imagine, after living in Florida for three years, it was a little challenging to drive along the 427 and, uh, you know, deal with the winter. But I, I managed, I, I stayed in Toronto for several years, and then I had an opportunity to come back here. So I've been back in Florida since 2001. Um, I've been on various visas. I'm a dual citizen. I'm also a duly licensed lawyer, and I'm also a realtor. And um, my journey is kind of interesting because on the return trip from my honeymoon, my then husband was expeditiously removed, deported, put in immigration jail, well, actually put in immigration jail and then deported. And they said to me, you, he's not coming with you. Bye-bye. And I'm like, okay. So I decided that it was my fate to find solutions for others to avoid having to go through that. And that's what prompted me to fall into or go into the immigration world, kicking and screaming. I wrote a book called Finding Your Silver Lining in the Business Immigration Process, which was a bestseller. I've written other books on franchises and matching franchises with foreign investors. And my signature program, as you know, is called How to Immigrate Through Real Estate, 
but you can really replace real estate with investment. We had to immigrate through investment, how to set up your business, like Jason said, across borders. And it's like my big fat Greek wedding, you know, we just replaced Greek with Italian or Jewish or whatever. And really it's true because at the end of the day, as long as you have the right guides guiding you through the process, it's a, it's not as complicated as it seems, whether it's that you're just setting up a business across borders, or if you are setting up that business with the goal of eventually getting a visa and immigrating. So essentially, you, you the birth of your business was by essentially out of your frustration and, and scratching your own itch, per se. And that's how your business was born. And And even more than that, it also was because I was a lawyer and um, I wasn't fully, I wasn't able to fully pursue my career in the States because I'm not, it's very complicated, but suffice it to say that I never found my why. And so it was like most entrepreneurs, and there's certainly tons of entrepreneurs that are coming out of COVID, right? I was a forced entrepreneur. I was frustrated with practicing law and the way I was practicing. It just wasn't working for me. I didn't feel that I was having an impact. It wasn't having an impact on me. It was just kind of like going through the motions and that wasn't enough for me. So it was all of these circumstances, including my ex-husband's deportation and being determined, having that kind of inkling of the entrepreneur side of my brain, which I didn't really know I had, but um, it's been a lot of fun. And so I've started several businesses and, you know, really fallen into the entrepreneur path. And it's been, as I say, a lot of fun. And pulling the real estate piece into it as well, having grown up in real estate, my mom was a realtor in the GTA for many years, so it's in my blood. Compare life as an entrepreneur, because you've got to experience it on both sides of the border. Compare uh, being an entre entrepreneur in Canada with being an entrepreneur in the U.S. So I don't want to correct you, but I will be candid. I really never was a full-fledged entrepreneur when I was living in Canada. I mainly worked in-house at various companies, mutual fund companies. I worked at Citigroup, um, you know, doing all kinds of compliance and legal stuff, all that boring legal stuff. My entrepreneur's side really didn't come out or, or shine or it didn't come out of the bag, so to speak, until I was really forced because I didn't have that those opportunities, the same opportunities here in the U.S. Now, People will always say, you know, well, the U.S. has so many more opportunities. And it's true. It does. But you have to be open to them and you have to be willing to go down a path that is not familiar to you. And being an entrepreneur, as I say, I, I, I liked having a salary. I liked getting a paycheck and having my, my um, benefits and all of that kind of thing. And of course, in Canada, the benefits are much greater than here. Let me tell you that much. But once you become an entrepreneur, and you know this, you can't turn the clock back. Okay. It's very hard. I could not imagine, and there's been times in my career, especially at the beginning of COVID, nobody was investing cross borders. Nobody was immigrating. I was like, what am I going to do? Nobody was even doing anything. They were panicking. So you know what I did? I helped people get money, both in Canada and the US, because that was what, that was a, something people needed. And um, I, but I struggled and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to get a job. I've got to get a job. How am I going to get through this? I'm a single mom. I'm the only one. If I don't pay the, the you know, the bills, the bills don't get paid. So um, but I persevered and always, always look for that silver lining in, in everything I do. 
So I think that I was not, um, I was not a, an entrepreneur by choice. I was an entrepreneur by force, which I think a lot of people that are successful entrepreneurs are. And of course, as an immigrant entrepreneur, because I am an immigrant here in the U.S., it's even more so because you're determined. You've got to make it. Such a good point. And I think you're right. I think that message resonates with a lot of entrepreneurs. It's when your back's up against the wall is when you thrive and when there's no other option um, but go, you know, and, and, and that's it. I think most entrepreneurs thrive through that. And that's that small percentage of, of businesses that do succeed are the ones that, that spawn from, an, from a situation or example like that. Now, right now, you know, why is investing across borders so, um, it's so attractive for entrepreneurs nowadays? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. So the general reason kind of across the board is that COVID has made people realize that the world really is small. And for example, with real estate, I don't think before COVID there was much virtual investing going on. Now it's just a norm. You can buy a property without ever seeing it, without ever visiting it, without ever even setting foot in the country in which it's located. That probably that was now that's more of the norm than the exception, right? So that's one thing. People are willing to look outside of their traditional box. They're they're more open to international um, expansion, and they're more determined because they see the opportunities across borders, whether they're able to travel physically or not. Yeah. So in terms of places down south where people are mostly migrating to where where do you see most popular is it florida is it arizona it's obviously probably warm temperatures it's always going to be warm temperatures now i don't know if it's because i am in florida or because the demand is for florida or because i happen to naturally attract people from ontario and quebec because i'm from ontario you're a good um, salesperson pardon me you're a good salesperson <laughs> but um florida is definitely the number one destination so um, after Florida, Texas, look, the reality is Florida has a lot of things, as does Texas, as does Arizona. One thing is freedom. People want freedom. Well, I guess the first thing is sunshine. No matter what, we have sunshine. Not every single day, but most days. Then freedom, because Canadians are frustrated with the rules and the changes and the lockdowns and the uh, masks and everything. And I'm not saying one way or the other what I agree or disagree with, but the reality is Florida has freedom. And it also is an attractive place to do business because the tax system, you know, Florida doesn't have state income tax. So there's all of these advantages. And of course, it's a great lifestyle. Of course, a lot of these people have never dealt with a hurricane. So um, that does change things a little bit, but I've been through two and I'm here to tell about it. You know, I got hurricane impact windows and my generator and I'm good to go. So, or I just leave, but it, it's, it's an adjustment no matter what. And I think Canadians tend to minimize how much of an adjustment it is. They think that it's business as usual and it's not. Um, and that's one thing that people really need to be aware of. It is very, very different to do business in Florida or in the US than it is in Canada, more than you think. Can you elaborate on that, Lauren? What do you mean? What's, what's, what are some of the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing when they uh, go to a different climate? Like, no pun intended. Sure. 
Well, one thing is banking. The banking system is completely different. The tax system is completely different. The corporate structure is completely different. Like all the legal implications of doing business, um, real estate investing, completely different. And landlord friendly, definitely Florida is landlord friendly. On, on, friendly. Ontario, not landlord friendly, right? Cap rates, different. Return on investment, different. We've never had a real estate market since I've been in Florida, like we see right now. It's almost like Toronto, um, where you have, you know, 50 offers and prices going 20, 30, 40% over asking. That's never happened in all of the time I've been in Florida until now. So um, that's happening, but at the same time, there's still supply. And you've got supply that will Canada will never match. And you've got an average price point of three or four hundred thousand um but that three or four hundred thousand compared to uh, and and it, that's even high probably it's two hundred thousand three or four maybe in florida compared to the what five six seven hundred thousand average door in in the gta or in ontario right and your cap rates are what two percent maybe if you're lucky whereas here you're looking at six eight ten so Everything is different. Doing business in uh, in the U.S., it's a much bigger market. You access a, a much greater potential um, um, marketplace of people that are going to buy your goods and services. Everything is different. What are some of the mistakes that uh, beginner investors have when they decide to start investing down south? So real estate investors tend to go and set up LLCs, limited liability companies, because their friend did it or because it's cheap and because they can do it online. And guess what's going to happen if you do that, Jason? You're going to end up paying whatever hard-earned or not so hard-earned, hopefully, money you're bringing in from your real estate investing to the CRA because you're going to be subject to double tax. Now, I'm not a tax expert. I have a tax expert that works on every single case with me. But what I what I do know is that people don't do their their due diligence. They don't do their homework. They make investments blindly. They make them without the right structure in place. They make them without consulting with cross border experts or cross border you know tax and legal experts. And they just try to do things on the cheap. And I'm going to tell you that that's going to cost you way more in the long run than you ever would have anticipated. And it's going to cost you every year because you're going to keep paying that money to uh, the CRA and the IRS and then kind of defeats the purpose, right? So back in December, 2021, this was, this was a, a crazy time. I know I personally know a handful of people that migrated down to Florida and said, forget this, I'm out of here. Um, some people now might be thinking, ah, I missed the boat, I missed my opportunity. Is the time still now? Um, one of the things in my top 10 mistakes people make is thinking that it's not the right time, right? I think it's number two, waiting for that right time. There's no right time. The right time is always going to be now. It's just finding the investment that fits what your, what your criteria are and working with professional realtors, lawyers, accountants, you know, all of which are on my team. Um, but making sure that you really do, do it right. Just because something says, in Ohio, we see properties of 50 grand, right? Does that mean that that 50 grand is the best deal you've ever seen? No, and it could well be the worst. So just because something is, sometimes it's too good to be true, right? And I always say, do your due diligence. 
So don't invest blindly, but also don't wait until the perfect time. And I'll give you an example of that. I am guilty myself. We promote a lot of amazing projects in Orlando, new construction, mainly um, pre-construction. And there's one project in particular that I really liked. And in November, I wanted to make an investment and I didn't have the capital at the time to do what I wanted to do in the way I wanted to do it. So I waited. It's now 100,000 more than it was then. 100,000 for a one bedroom unit. So guess who's kicking themselves? Okay, don't wait for the right time. And also, um, Jason, I think I've shared this with you. I have an amazing uh, finance partner that funds Canadians investing in non-owner occupied U.S. real estate. And Jason can get you a link for that. And uh, they they actually sponsor my podcast. And it's great because they're they 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 realize they they started working on this two years ago. It's artificial intelligence driven. And it's a simple process, much simpler than going through some of these Canadian banks, which might give you the money. But let me tell you, they're going to take your right arm and your left arm and your legs in the process. That's great information. That's uh, it's really good. And I'm sure I know our audience is going to have a lot of questions for you. But before we get to your contact info and how people can, can get in touch, I want to know as, as a business owner that's a beginner to this, I know a lot of our audience might be thinking like this is all new to them. Um, what's the easiest way to get started and, and get set up? So the easiest way is to, let's say there, there's two kind of options. One is real estate and one is general business, right? So most of your listeners are going to be investing in some sort of real estate. Okay. So with real estate, the most important two steps that you can make to get started are to speak with a cross-border tax person and to speak with a cross-border lawyer. The cross-border tax person is going to advise you on the structure that you need based on your tax situation, especially in Canada. And if you're getting a visa, how does that look? The cross-border lawyer is then going to implement what the cross-border tax person tells you you need. So I don't do anything until they've spoken to the cross-border tax guy, who just so happens, my guy, to live literally less than 10 minutes from me. We found him his house here in Boca, and he's originally from Ottawa. And he's a good friend and a trusted advisor. And I honestly, literally don't do anything without him. I don't pass go, nothing. So once you're connected with the lawyer and the tax professional, then it's a matter of booking your flight and getting down there? Maybe, or maybe not. Because if you have the right real estate professionals finding the properties, you don't necessarily ever need to be there. We just need to make sure that they meet your criteria and we do proper inspections. You know, obviously it's going to be different if it's commercial versus residential. I think, you know, I'm the chair of the International Investment Committee for EXP Commercial. I will be completely candid. I am not. I'm a licensed realtor, but I'm not the person that's going to show you property ever. Okay. I mean, I've shown property in my life, but what I am is the referrer and I love referring. So I'm going to bring in the person in Brownsville, Texas, where they're setting up the new, um, I think it's the new um, Amazon uh, distribution hub, right? And I'm going to be the person that's going to get you the person in Brownsville that's going to find you the property that you're looking for. That's what I do best. And make having that trusted advisor in your corner, whether it's me or somebody else, somebody that you can trust that really has your back when it comes to cross-border, because it's not the same as doing business in your backyard. It's just not. 
Real quick, guys, are you an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a marketing director that's wearing way too many hats? You find yourself doing too many different types of jobs within the business and allocating your attention everywhere. There's a good chance if you're doing this, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. This is exactly why Merged Media exists. We're your one-stop digital shop, your outsourced CMO. We take care of all of those digital marketing tasks all under one roof, including Google ads, search engine optimization, social media marketing, and website optimization. We're all collaborating together under one roof at Merged Media. And if you think there might be a good fit for us to work with you, I want you to go on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. That's merged.ca. Now, when it goes to setting up that actual business, once you're down there, you're situated. I got my house in Fort Lauderdale. We're good to go. And now I got to start my business. Um, what's that process look like? So it really depends on if you're setting up the business just to expand your Canadian business or if you're setting up the business because you want to get a visa. So the goals are going to be different because your investment threshold is going to be higher if you need a visa. And your investment is going to dictate the likelihood of getting the visa, as are as is the jobs that you create and other factors as well. So it really depends on what your goal is, because if you're planning to get a visa and become a U.S. taxpayer, your structure is probably going to be different than if you're planning to go back and forth and remain as a Canadian taxpayer. I always recommend to pretty much anybody that's setting up shop in the U.S., whether it be Fort Lauderdale or anywhere else, to get a visa, an E2 or an E1, it's based on trade or based on investment. Why? Because it's an insurance policy in your pocket. And it doesn't mean you have to be here. You don't have to be a resident. It means that you're building a business and you have that freedom and flexibility to cross the border without questions. And you also are able to build U.S. credit because you get a social security number and you're kosher and you're legal. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'll share a funny story with you. So, you know, in the U.S., lawyers can be on juries. I didn't know that. So I became a citizen in 2012. What I didn't do, because my license hadn't expired, so I didn't renew my license until September of this year, my birthday, last year, whatever. So I renewed my license, and I, I was thinking all that time, 2012 to 2021 at the time, wow, I never got asked to be on jury duty. Maybe I'm going to get, get out of it, right? Aha! So I renewed my license, got jury duty notice literally two weeks ago after I said, hmm, I think I'm not going to ever get jury duty notice, and boom, there it is. Well, the reason I'm telling this story is because as citizens of the U.S., the two things that happen are you have the right to bear arms and you um, you have the right to vote, and you then also have the obligation to sit on a jury. Now, fortunately, I was able to get my jury summons waived because I'm a single mom and I'm the sole parent of my child. But it was very interesting because in Canada, lawyers, it would never happen. So I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? So it's just funny because you don't really know what you don't know. But I know, and I knew from the citizenship exam, but I was like, oh, I'm going to just sail on through. So anyway. I want to pivot to uh, to talk about you a bit, Lauren, and and marketing. And this is a marketing podcast, so you know I know you're doing a lot of things in terms of writing a publication or writing a, a biweekly publication for Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine. Um, but what 
what other things are you doing in terms of marketing your own business and where are you seeing the most success? So we have built a little bit of a marketing machine or so it seems. Now, obviously, it's also circumstances. It's not just because we're expert marketers, but we, um, you know, my podcast, webinars, free webinars, masterminds for realtors. Um, uh, I just created a course with it, which I'm literally launching this week. We are we were just going through the workbook earlier. Um, but marketing, my biggest success in marketing comes from engagements like this, speaking engagements, podcast interviews, opportunities to speak to new audiences, um, speaking to groups of realtors or real estate professionals or, you know, cross-border people or investors or entrepreneurs that are looking to expand their businesses. That's really where I think most of my marketing success comes. Um, and then we actually recently created a, a chatbot because, as I think you know, around December, the volume of inquiries on Facebook was, I mean, it was 50 a day. We did I didn't even know what to do. None of us. We were like, whoa. So we created this bot, a chatbot, asklaurenesq.com. And it's been a lot of fun because people can go there. They'll get answers to their basic questions. And then when they need to expedite, it comes into us and we... Been, it's, so it's been a lot of fun learning all these marketing things, um, but certainly being published in magazines like Jason's Magazine, that was great. My first pub publication was in September before I met Jason. And then I was like, oh, you run that amazing magazine. I was so excited to be in that magazine. And now I, I owe you a couple of articles as I'm thinking about that. So. No worries, no worries and no pressure and, and appreciate the shout out there as well. Lauren, if our audience has any uh, questions for you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So they can always go to this bot, like I mentioned, Ask Lauren ESQ, and pretty much everything we do is branded around investing across borders, investingacrossborders.net and realestateacrossborders.com. So all of our landing pages are on realestateacrossborders.com, but you can find our brand on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, investing across borders, and um, you'll, you'll find us there. Additionally, if you want to send us a direct email, the easiest central email to use is investing across borders, the number one at Gmail, investing across borders, the number one at gmail.com. And we will get back to you. We'll have all those links in the show notes for this episode. Again, it's episode 128. So merged.ca slash podcast slash 128. Lauren, we end every show with the same question. That question is this. If you could choose one person dead or alive to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Oh my, I wasn't prepared for this question. To represent my brand, dead or alive. Cor Barbara Corcoran. And why? She's just amaz an amazing success story. And I I've heard her speak several times. And um, just a, a woman, a powerful woman who really, uh, I guess, like, push through challenges like she's a little older than than me and certainly women in real estate was not a big thing when she was getting into real estate and she really was a trailblazer so i have great respect for her and i i would love her to represent me that'd be awesome couldn't ask for better than that i think there's a lot of people out there that would share the same answer i mean i see it every single night at 11 o'clock when i'm watching the news I see your face on commercials, aligning herself with agents across yeah. North America. So that's a great answer. Lauren, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jason. I look forward to meeting you in person soon. Thank you. Definitely. 
Thanks for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I truly appreciate it and would love it if you went over to your podcast platform and gave us a subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you think the Merged Marketing Podcast is a good fit for somebody else, like your business partner or your spouse, just go on over and give this episode a share. I'd love it if you would share the wealth of knowledge and value that I'm bringing to you and share it to other people. That would be amazing. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't set up for good. Be great. We'll see you soon.